0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk Event. Let's make a promise. You and me, you and me. Let's just be honest.
1: We're gonna run nothing
2: Good morning, welcome to Medicine on Calls Doctor George. I wanted to give you guys an update on what's happening with the Obamacare repeal. Over the past, I don't know, week, week and a half, there's been a lot of rumblings about being able to revise the repeal process, having it um, become a bipartisan bill, and it looked optimistic for a while, even though the tenants in it are basically the same, where the insurance companies get a bailout, and they get monies paid directly to them in order to keep the premiums and out-of-pocket costs for patients low, supposedly. Um, they also added a uh, portion that was going to be um, block-granted to the states. So the states would be able to access a pot of money in order to, uh, I guess, arrange um, a system that's that's user-friendly for each state. And, you know, even though they said they had almost 50 votes in the Senate to get it done, this morning, what I just read is that it's dead because the Democrats Republicans cannot come to a consensus. But you know, I really stopped reading this stuff. I'm not even optimistic, and good thing I didn't get my hopes up, Dave, because the same thing happened, which is nothing is going to happen, and this thing is going to roll out and be completely implemented in 2018, never to be rescinded again. I and mean, as I said before, this is a an octopus and it's got tentacles throughout the entire system. And the longer it stands, the more damage it causes and the more irreversible it becomes. And at this point, I don't think we're necessarily looking at single-payer, as I said, in the classic sense, even though um, Senator um, Sanders wants to. I think he, if he hasn't already, he's going to introduce um, uh, legislation to bring on single-payer um, you know, hopefully the president will veto what he said he would veto It'd be dead on arrival. But I don't know what to say about the situation, except at this point, we as doctors and patients, I can't see it's like a mantra at this point, need to pull our power back, take our consent away from this fiasco and start going down the road of free market practices, free market principles. And They only understand when you take money away from them. They only understand when the gravy train stops running. That's when you get people to start coming to the table. And the other is to stop voting for these people. I can't even begin to describe the feeling of betrayal amongst anybody who's been against the Affordable Care Act and hoping and praying that Congress is going to get their act together and do something. They have no interest in doing anything except getting back in, and I really don't know exactly. I mean, I guess we have to wait 2018 now to get rid of the people who've been sandbagging this thing and slow walking it, and getting money from the same entities continually, so they can get back in. I mean, it's the same game. I just I can't believe I think we're stupid enough again to fall for it. I mean, do you think, in your opinion, is there anything that can be done that you would that you would? Put into play to try to break this uh, logjam.
0: You know, not with the people that are there. I, I'm, yeah. I'm very. I don't want to say disillusioned, but um, not with the people that are there. I think, uh, you know, we we you and a lot of the other doctors that uh, do shows here uh, have ideas, good ideas, workable ideas but it doesn't seem like whether it's health care or immigration or whatever it is it doesn't seem like this congress i don't know what i don't know what these people have in their head or don't have in their head maybe don't have in their head maybe that's the mm-hmm. the, the whole situation but no i don't think it's gonna i don't think we're going we're on a treadmill
2: no, i think they're compromised you know their whole objective as I mentioned before i read in the past 30 hours a week are spent trying to get money for their next run, you know, it's just trolling for dollars and and prostituting themselves to the highest bidder. And we all know the highest bidder is not the person who votes for them. That's the person who they take for granted over and over again on both sides. While they take money from huge corporate interests who write the bills, who are part of their legislative aid system and that's the problem and the lobbyists are only part of it but it's ingrained it's in, it's endemic in the system and you have to remove the money you know whether that means outlawing it which would never happen because they'd have to do it <laughs> it's just they write laws that that apply to everybody else except themselves it's, i doubt that's ever going to happen so until i agree with you we have to vote in people who actually have ethical and moral principles who believe in rule of law and who don't believe in, you know, me first and everybody second. That's exactly what they believe. While they, you know, the rhetoric is all about helping people. These Democrats could care less. And I don't, it's not even about labels anymore. The people who talk about saving the middle class and cutting taxes have no interest in doing that since the middle class tax cut doesn't exist. Everybody who's getting nailed on these rich people, you know, rhetoric that they need to be taxed more are small businesses, people, two-person families working and pooling their resources. Those are the people who are are bearing the brunt, $200,000 and above. That's a a middle class. If that, at this point, after you get taxed into oblivion, it's not them, it's not the Warren Buffett's, it's not the Hollywood stars, it's us. And they have the nerve to speak about how they care about us and how they want to help us. They don't. They want to keep the status quo, which is everybody fighting each other at this point. They're trying to prevent race wars at this point, class wars, gender wars, everything to make people emotionally just drained. I'm tired of reading about it. I'm tired of hearing. I just turn it off at this point. I don't know about you, but I can barely watch the news at this point. I might, I'll read about it, and then I'll just go to the next story once I've had my, if it's going in the wrong direction and it sounds like it's going to be really negative, I just don't even bother to read it anymore.
0: You know, it's amazing the number of people that uh, have said recently, I just don't watch the news anymore. And I, I, you know the the kicker is now uh, when you turn on the news today, it's the hurricane and so forth, and and that's reporting. But when I turn on the news and it's somebody like myself giving their opinion, that's mm-hmm. not news. And uh, you know, and I can understand some people want my opinion, some people don't. So they turn they can turn me off or whatever they want to do. But mm-hmm. um, and and that's what I'm doing with. With cable, I you know I don't watch the news. You can't. Well,
2: no, you really can't. But it's basically propaganda at this point. Whether it's right side, left side, it's the same thing. Somewhere in the middle of that is the truth. But there's no rule of law either. So you have all this this uh, news coming out about how people have lied under oath, that you know people have been wiretapped, and there's no consequence for this. You know they' so why watch something when you know that that it's going totally off the rails and there's nothing being done about it there's all sorts of yeah I, it's
0: just tasteless rhetoric I, I I saw one yesterday that just uh, sort of was the uh, the straw I think um, over the I don't know last year or two years however long it's been I've enjoyed watching um David Clark, he was sheriff of Milwaukee. hmm Did you hear about his little deal? No. <laughs> okay, so I'm going along, and I I like the guy. I think he's sort of funny and and conservative, and with his cowboy hat and all this kind of stuff. So in the past couple of years, well, he uh, worked on and received his master's degree. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> except now they're pulling it because he plagiarized it and I'm, I'm thinking you know why I mean here's a guy that I, I thought I respected and and but you know and they didn't what they what I understand is he didn't just pull a couple of things he basically plagiarized plagiarized his entire thesis and, and you know I, I I how does somebody think they they're gonna get away with that and how could how could you come on and be critical of anything and now whenever if he's ever on again, um I have no respect for what he says you know, i just I just thought that was a, sort of the last straw
2: that's kind of sad, but you know what let' just say some. My gosh, the guy from CNN, I forget his name now, um, he also plagiarized, and he's back on the air. Or you have, you know, Brian Williams, who lied about, you know, things that he did as a reporter. He's still on the air. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not just the right side. It's everything. What we're being presented in the media is half-truths. It is, you know... Complete lies being passed off as the truth. I mean, nothing that they do. I can't watch it for that for very reason. Then you have all these people being accused, which I'm not sure I necessarily believe. But it's becoming a meme on Fox that the men are being, um, you know, accused of sexual harassment, assault, etc. The question is, is any of it really true, or is this all just theater, just designed to make you turn away from it?
0: The one that uh, that really got me, and and again, I like the guy uh, Eric Bowling, and um, don't know him, but I always like watching him, and and uh, very conservative, and he, and I, I just I can't fathom. I just I, I'm seventy years old, and and this has never crossed my mind to. For any reason. And and there's some kind of culture at Fox that must be sick, because he decided that he needed to send pictures of himself to some of his colleagues at Fox. And you know, they weren't exactly headshots. Exactly. (laughs) Um,
2: That's an interesting way to put it.
0: And uh, you know, he sent them, uh, there was a scandal and his oldest son because there was a scandal and his father had done this his oldest son in Colorado in school committed suicide now how is this guy gonna live with himself the rest of his life for doing something so stupid to begin with where where are we today Dr. George?
2: That's a great question Dave I mean it's everywhere. It's not just TV. Now you have Twitter, not Twitter, but Facebook, which is suspending accounts that don't agree with their ideology, you know, who are Christian, who are conservative, but they let sites that promote pedophilia stand as free speech. So this is like upside down. What's down is up. up What's up is down. It's moral relativism. That's what we're dealing with where it's okay to do something immoral and ethical as long as you agree with them politically. That's what we're seeing. That's why I wonder if, if these attacks or these pronouncements on these um, hosts are actually real, or are they just smears? Because. Sean Hannity had the same thing happen to him, remember? And he said, "I'm taking you to court and I'm fighting it," and the whole thing disintegrated. So, I'm, and here we have O'Reilly coming on, and the person who accused him is being has been arrested for lying about other things, or you know, making false um, accusations to the police. So, I don't know. Question is, what's going on? Or is this just a, a concerted effort by media? and those that have power within the media to get rid of their competition, right? So I don't know. Um, you know, we'll have to st- watch and see what happens, but it's, it's, it's epidemic where people are caught lying on video. They deny it like it never happened, and then it all goes away. <laughs> we see this in the campaign. Come on. This book tour is like it's, it's classic, Honestly, I don't know if you've been, been watching some of the statements coming out from the book tour, but it's pretty
0: funny. On that, uh, shall we take a break? and We should. Come back to Medicine, on, to Call. Medicine on Call.
2: Welcome back to Medicine on Call. I mean, I think our conversation today really is all about communication and not having somebody or some entity think for you. You know, if we were to follow the guidelines of the media at this point, I wouldn't be speaking to you. I wouldn't be having a show. I mean, I would be somewhere on a picket line somewhere or, or fighting some entity that doesn't exist in reality. I mean, we are creating a, just a nation of victims who are blaming each other, I should say, this is what they want us to do, create a nation of victims who hate each other, blame each other, because somebody took something from me, and I didn't need to work for it because I was owed it because of history. I mean, if you really want to go down to the the brass tacks of everything, there's been slavery throughout the world in some form, and it still exists. It exists in the Middle East. It exists here in our country. We have people who are literally slaves, who are outside the system, and trafficking is going on. Why don't we discuss something like that, which is actually still happening, which affects men, women, children, and we're not doing very much to stop it. We're doing a lot of talking, but not really doing anything about it. Somebody in an elite university telling me that they're a victim, that they can't that they're outside the system and nothing works for them. I honestly don't believe that. It's it's ridiculous. It's like a mass mental illness at this point and no responsibility. You know, I'm not happy about police who shoot people in questionable circumstances that get off. I'm not happy about that. But you, somebody going and, and ruining somebody's livelihood, breaking their windows, ruining, looting their stores, does not answer that that question. Right, it's let ridiculous.
0: Me, let me ask you, and we've both seen pictures of stuff going on in St. Louis, and then the the uh, Georgia and here at Georgia Tech, where the cop car was burned night before last. You know, what? And I, and I, I have in mind this picture that was on yesterday. I think of. A kid smashing with his foot, it took him like 20 times to knock out this Mm one. Exactly what purpose did that serve and what had that store owner done to that kid? And if I was a cop, what would I do to that kid? You know, in my opinion, the cop has one choice. He says, you know, stop. You're under arrest. You know, put your hands behind your back and cuff him. But if the kid goes for a knife or goes for a gun or goes for something, you know, the cop has a split second to make a decision.
2: Well, you know, let's yeah, I think you're referring to the Georgia Tech incident, right?
0: Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I believe the kid drew a knife on him or something.
2: Right. And he, well, I saw the video. And there's proportional force here. Why can't they pepper spray people? Why can't you do other non-lethal means first, especially if they're... They're not, they don't have a, he wasn't pointing the knife at him. He was walking kind of aimlessly. I have an issue with that because there's been a change in the way policing has happened. And it's through the UN, actually. This UN community policing thing is a thing that started off where cops are not there to defend you. They're there to bring the situation under control. By any means, by the most lethal means necessary. That's how they've been trained. That needs to be rescinded, and it should be proportional force. That's where we're getting into trouble. Where shoot first, ask questions later for for menial minor infractions. That's an issue, and I think it's again a communication issue. Everybody's on nine. You know, you say you talk back, you're getting double force. You know, put on you if you run. That's it. You know, all these things have kind kind of gotten out of control. You know, but ultimately it's about communication. If people would respect each other, you know, God forbid if I ever get stopped, I'm not going to talk back. I'm going to do what I'm told to do until I can get to a position where it's safe. And then I can start, you know, pleading my case. But not when you're on the road, they've got a, a weapon drawn. That's not the time to try to to bear, you know, bow up on somebody. It's just not, it's just not right. You know, from that standpoint, I think there's a lot of, the media actually definitely makes this situation worse because cops actually kill more white people than they do black people. That's by statistics. We just all need to take it down a notch, honestly. There's a video that came on or came out about, I guess it was a free speech rally and some anti-Black Lives Matter folks showed up. And they ended up actually giving the Black Lives Matter person, I think he was the head of that group, they gave him the platform, they put him on the stage and let him speak his piece. And after that, it was Trump supporters and this guy. And they actually dialogued and they realized, hey, you know what, we have more in common than we don't. They ended up taking pictures of each other, It just totally diffused. The entire situation. That never would come on TV. You won't see that on mainstream media. You only see people throwing projectiles, spitting on each other, because that's the, the, the meme. That's the reality that they want to project. And that's not the reality. Most people don't feel that way, black and white. It's this small subgroup that's being amplified. Well, I don't know if it's because it's ratings or because they're trying to drive a narrative. I can't figure out which, but it's not helpful. And therefore, I'm not going I'm not giving that energy, you right? Know. And it's like, from the medical standpoint, all doctors are sued. Doctors protect this defensive medicine. There's not enough doctors. There's all these memes about physicians out there, that we're the problem. You know, we're the ones that are driving the high cost. All of that is based on what has been projected on TV. That is not the reality. Anybody who listens to the show knows that it's only seven cents of the healthcare dollar. That's a physician fee. The rest is administration, hospital, all the big medicine players that are taking pieces of this pie but adding very little value. So it's time to do your own research, folks. Stop, you know, passively letting this stuff hit you, color your perception, make you work against yourself, and then make you feel bad. I mean, I think this whole mass delusion that we're dealing with, is people being inundated with negative everything, not having the power, the I don't know, wherewithal, whatever to dig deeper, and they're just they're powerless. They feel they're powerless, so they're striking out. That's what we're dealing with, Dave. You know, on I, all levels.
0: I think and we're we, overwhelmed by
2: we are and they n- want by that news.
0: I was just thinking about the what you were saying about the the Georgia Tech thing. And then I then I had the flashback to the Bobby in London that was killed by a knife wheeling ISIS, yep. you know, and and it's like that's got to float around in somebody's mind, you know, and we're just overwhelmed. I mean, it overwhelmed. Does,
2: but you know, you have pepper spray, you've got a taser, you've got all things that you can do beforehand, right?
0: Just shoot the guy. You.
2: Or you can't shoot them in the leg if you have to shoot them. I mean, this is just proportional force. Someone comes at you with a gun, I understand you got to take them out. I get that. If you have 15 cops around one person on the ground, I don't think you need to pummel them to death. No, I just don't.
0: No, uh, there's no
2: right? excuse. Don't you learn combat techniques? So I took Krav Maga. Right? So I'm able to defend myself as an individual. I would think the police are better trained than I am to be able to do hand to hand to be able to disarm somebody without having to resort to the ultimate answer, right? Don't you think so?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, you know uh, But again, in not defending the cop or not defending, it, you know uh, and, and this is, this is the thing that the media miss, misses too. I wasn't there, I don't know all of the circumstances by any stretch and neither does the media and they shouldn't portray it one side or the other, uh, in fact I don't even know if they they should report it, I don't know I it just, it just everything seems to be out of hand and um, I, I think the world is on edge you know? Oh I agree with that
2: I definitely agree with that but I think again that's by design. You create chaos, you make people feel like they have no power, and then they are more likely to give it away to somebody who they think can help them or has their best interest or will protect them. This is not what's going on in the country. The government's not protecting us. The borders are wide open. The, the school system is completely, it's an indoctrination camp at this point. And you have teachers who are abusing student... <laughs> I don't know if you read this. This is, uh, I mean, it's even gone past a step too far. In California, there was a a lesson plan on slavery where this, I think, fifth grade, where the teacher, um, you know, handcuffed or taped the kids' hands together, put them in a dark room, made them lie down side by side, you know, like a slave ship, as a lesson plan. And the parents got some pre-notification of this, and nobody stopped it. I'm sorry, but that's total child abuse. What kind of what kind of teaching is that? It's supposed to make you sensitive to slavery, but for the one child that that damages, black or white, this is the, this is what they're dealing with. I mm. can't even believe that was allowed as a lesson plan.
0: I, no, I I, well, I hadn't heard that, but that's, just, that's
2: disgusting. I didn't, I didn't even tweet it because I didn't want to pass negativity into the universe. But that's just unbelievable.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, We live in a very, very strange world. But...
2: No, we we need to take it back. If we sit there passively and let this continue to unfold, it's on us. It is. Right? I think it is. We know that it's not right. We know that there's something wrong. Do you keep doing the same thing, expect a different result? Or do you break out of this system Find, you know, find an alternate path that works for you. That's what you have to do, don't you think?
0: You know, uh, we got to take a break. And then when we come back, uh, we were in a situation, uh, you know me, well enough to know that I I will jump out of the box, and I did. And I thought uh, everybody else would be on my side, and as as it turned out... uh, Nobody was on my side because I was raising hell about a private school. Let's take our break and we'll be back on Medicine On Call right after this.
1: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare.
2: I think the 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 take-home message today really is all about the the damage done by moral relativism. I mean, if something is right or it's wrong, right? There's no gray area. There's no situation where you can apply something that's obviously wrong and say, "Only situation it's okay to do." That's the problem that we're dealing with.
0: You know, either you have a law. Go ahead. Look at our leaders, and I. As you were talking in the other segment I was thinking about. <laughs> can you imagine Hillary being president with all of this stuff? She has blamed every I, I haven't seen your name go by yet, Dr. George, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. She's going to blame <laughs> you for losing, you know? And I, I just, I cringe at the thought that she could have won and we'd have someone like her saying well it wasn't my fault that China bombed us, it wasn't my fault that we've been invaded by whatever or this or that or wasn't my fault, wasn't my I didn't know and it's somebody else's and this is the, the default game you said earlier in the show the only person I have to blame with the situation that I'm in is myself, be it a good situation or a bad situation. Mm -hmm. I don't blame you for my situation. I don't blame anybody else. It's me. And for a a person to think that she could have been or she thought she could be president, and then to come out and blame everybody else, oh my goodness, had she won.
2: Well, yeah, I mean shouldn't even have really been in that position. I think Bernie Sanders actually won the Democratic nomination. How many things that came out during that election that were completely (laughs) I wouldn't even go questionable. Getting getting questions, having the head of the DNC rig it, or, you know, put their finger on the scale, Uh, jerry-rig the different voting situations so that you actually had an advantage in how it was counted. The list was really endless. That's the sad part, and then to get back on and say, "Well, I'm still going to fight it." I, I think I'm still going to go, you know, through the process of trying to delegitimize the election, and then when you get called on it, basically say, "I didn't say that." I, I'm just—that's—that's that's what we're dealing with. You have the Republican side too. You technically won, but you backtracked and, you know, backslid and basically cut your own chance of, of ruling. As a majority, because you don't want to rule as a majority. I think they would have rather that she won. I think that they want the same—the the move, the country to move in the same direction as she did. Honestly, Democrats and the Republicans. There will be a few outliers in the libertarian side of the Republican Party, the Freedom Caucus folks, but the rest of them are go along, get along. They want this to be a, a global, globalist type of government where. We're part of a whole. We have to sublimate ourselves to the rest of the world to make them feel better and to drop our standards to them in order to be part of a global system. That's really what's happening. That's happening in medicine now. It's already happened in education. That's what No Child Left Behind is. That's dropping our standard. We used to be number one in things. We suck now. We don't have any concept anymore of critical thinking skills. It's been taken away from the students. They're in a position they can't even wear t-shirts or speak their mind in school because they get shut down, expelled, demonized by their teacher. It's a complete mind control system. Then they want to keep you there for more hours a day, longer in the year. You might as well be in prison. <laughs> I mean, really. Go the mental, going to the medical mental, Sorry, metal detectors again to your school, and all sorts of drills where the cops come in and do active shooter drills. I can't even imagine going to school in that kind of situation. Can
0: you? No, not at all. <laughs>
2: and then every day you're told you can't say that you're you're proud to be American. You can't chant. You you know.
0: What I see? A, you know. sco- a school in California has not only banned the flag. But a kid can't wear anything that is red, white, and blue. If you, if you wore blue jeans and a white shirt and had a red handkerchief, you'd be kicked out of school.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Oh, now you can't stand for the national anthem, or, you know, that's going to be banned, too, at some point. But this is how you remove nationalism and, and the nation-state. I'm proud to be an American citizen, proud to have a dad from Antigua. I'm not, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Does not make me anti-anybody else? It makes me pro-me, pro-my heritage. What's wrong with that? Right? So we're, once you take away the individuality of what it means to be an American, then you're able to insert or superimpose more global ideology. You know, you're, you're you know, you're, you pledge allegiance to the U.N. What the U.N. says goes in terms of climate change, in terms of education, in terms of the healthcare system, where it's about single payer and one size fits all vaccination for everybody, not just one, but dozens, you know, informed consent. No way. This is what we're going to. Uh, Planned Parenthood, which is really eugenics. All these things are what the global system dictates. The good of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And there are certain people who are more equal than others. That's really what's going on. And if anybody has a question about this, there is a, a video, I have to find this, of a woman talking about, I think she's in California. Here we go, California again, where she mentions that. The, people, the immigrants who come into our country happily line up to get immunizations. But we really should take out or, you know, white people need to die because they don't, you know, especially the people who are in the know, don't want to have their child vaccinated, don't believe in it. And in order to get this 100% vaccination campaign off the ground, you need willing participants. And so these white folks just need to die, and then we would have more compliance that's the mindset of these people okay it doesn't matter whether you're black or white let that go it's not a race issue it's about whether you're compliant or whether you're going to be you know whether you're going to fight the system that's really what's going on underneath this while they couch it in rich poor black white immigrant non that's not the point the point is whether or not you have a self-preservation gene in your body that says something's wrong here I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going into that room. You're not going to shove something down my throat or stick something in my arm without me knowing what it is and why you're doing it. And if I have a question, I'm not doing it. That's what we have to get to. This Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the list of all these little alphabet groups are endless, but they're all paid by the same entity. Ask yourself who stands to gain. If it's not you... If it's not putting food on your table, if it's not paying your mortgage, if it's not making your life better, you need to step away from it because it's not helpful. Those, that's, and if it doesn't serve God, in my opinion, then it's not helpful. So if, if you can't step back and take a critical look at your where your life is going, what's happening around you, if you're not happy about something, you start. You need to start examining why, you know, and not just say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. It must be them, the other, that did it to me. That's the problem that we're dealing with, Dave. But it takes personal responsibility. It takes being able to have the courage to say, I don't like something that I'm doing. I'm doing something that's not helpful. I need to stop doing it. You know, that's really what it comes down to, I think.
0: And getting people educated to... Yeah. Be able to see that, you know. It's uh, in in any circumstance, and that's a tough, tough deal.
2: Um, Well, I mean, people are more interested in. I don't even think they're interested in football anymore. No one's watching that, (laughs) quite frankly. But it's distraction. The next video game. The next iPhone. Is the next iPhone going to pay your mortgage? No. Is it helpful? No. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably pretty dangerous with the facial recognition piece of that phone you know think about what it could do right if you ever get stopped by the police and your phone they want to access your phone they don't need the code anymore they're going to take a picture of you and they got your phone right Mm -hmm. or you can end up in a database and the police have a facial recognition database i understand now that half of our country are part of this database. And you know where they get it? From people taking selfies, people on Facebook putting pictures of their kids and themselves, so on and so forth, that's where it's coming from. It's not the passport, it's part of it, but that's not the big player. All the things that we do that we think are innocuous are giving up our privacy and our identity.
0: Yeah, the deal with Equifax is just mind-boggling. It is. I didn't give them permission to have all of my information. Did you? No. Nor to TransUnion or any of the other companies.
2: Well, and that's, yet, oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's the whole country. Uh, 140 million people is an adult in our country, mm-hmm. working adults, or anybody who's ever gone for a credit card or got a credit check because they were getting a mortgage or a student loan, they have information, whoever, has on all of us, where you live, your birthday, your banking information, everything about you. They have an absolute blueprint of who and what you are, your buying habits, you name it. And no nobody's uh, getting in trouble for that, I noticed, have you? No one's been arrested. The person, on, this is going to freak you out, but the person who was running their security is a, was a music major. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up.
0: Really? No, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> that uh, I heard that a couple of executives... Um, Well, actually, now it looks like it's going to be about six of the Equifax executives, which knew nothing about it, but a couple of days before it hit the fan, they sold their stock.
2: Yes, I heard that too.
0: Uh, And as far as I'm concerned, they're due a public hanging, you know, in my opinion. Well,
2: take all their money, you know, basically that's ill-gotten gains, Mm -hmm. and that should be forfeited. They do it for people who who are running drugs, right? They take their cars, their house, their boat. This is exactly what they should be done to these people. And then put in jail.
0: Well, on that note, let's take our final break on Medicine On Call. We'll be back right after this.
2: Welcome back to Medicine on Call. I mean, I guess this is a medical show and people want to know why this or how this ties into medicine, but it all does. Moral relativism is running rampant in the healthcare system. And if you think about evidence-based medicine and how the insurance companies work, and they're not insurance companies, they're actually service providers. So and it's, I'm learning a lot of things in my off time days, but when you, when you, when you buy life insurance, there's a contract that you make when you pay your premium and you sign your contract, you sign to pay them and they, they agree in stone to pay the claim. They can't decide that they're going to play games with you. They can't deny or delay the, the claim. It's illegal for them to do that. That does not exist in healthcare insurance because it's not indemnity. It's not insurance. It's an agreement that you prepay for your medical services and your premiums, and they make a contract with the doctor and the hospital to be the providers of this prepaid policy. But there's nothing in their written contract. And that says that they have to pay you. They don't. That they have to pay your claim. And if you read the small print on the card, it says uh, just because you submit the claim does not, and I'm paraphrasing, does not mean that we're going to pay it. It's not a contract that says that. And that's the difference, the ultimate difference between buying insurance, buying a indemnity policy, where you buy coverage for an event. If you have a heart attack, you get $250,000, if you get admitted to the ICU, you get X number of money. If you go for a colonoscopy, that's how AFLAC works and those types of policies. They can't deny you because you're paying for an event. This does not happen in medical insurance. It is an absolute scam. So they don't have to pay your claim. They can set up a whole system within their own entity that has gatekeepers, doctors, who they hire to toe the party line of their cafeteria of what their con- of what their payment scale is, right? So they can say something that's it's medically not necessary, it's experimental, and get away with it because it's their own or, or pay you what they say is usual and customary because they make it up. And there's nothing that they can do whatever they like, which I had no idea about until I started to do some research and due diligence. And it's like playing roulette, being a physician and a patient, buying these policies and and hoping for the best. And I can tell you, I've seen this over and over again. When you actually need to use the policy, a surgery, a catastrophic illness, they find whatever means necessary to deny the care based on some arbitrary crap that they make up. Unbelievable. This is a system that they're trying to empower. have empowered. They have given these people carte blanche to deny deny care. You can't sue the doctor who works for the insurance company because they're saying they're not practicing medicine because it's a quality assurance issue. That's ridiculous. It's a complete. You know, they're just making this, they're making themselves blameless, harmless, but they can collect money claw back money from the doctor after the procedure or the service is given arbitrarily. Just got a letter now. I probably saw the patient two years ago. They're going to take the money, try to take the money back. And if you have a, you know, a direct deposit, they just take it from your account. This is the system that we're dealing with. It's absolutely not a level playing field. And you add on to that unequal contract that you've got Congress working hand-in-hand with them to make them even more powerful, you can understand why the health care system is as bad as it is. <laughs> That's only one, you know, iteration of that. Just the insurance companies. You add in big pharma, you add in the hospitals, and it's on. I mean, it's like fighting a uh, Goliath.
0: And, and all three only- of those that you just mentioned break the law day in and day out by a a thing that doctors can't do. You can't talk to another doctor about what you're going to charge, but those three organizations that you just mentioned are in the price-fixing business.
2: They are, and there's a law that protects them. So again, Congress, I'm drawing a blank on what law is, but it actually is a law that it's collusion, and um, I forget what the term is, but if doctors talk to each other about what they charge, that's illegal. But insurance companies can do it all day. Mm-hmm. And that, that's ridiculous. Then you have hospitals making themselves nonprofit while they're making profits to the nines and they're not giving charity care like they used to. It's like a fraction of what they're supposed to be giving in free care. They don't do it. Nobody's sitting on them to make them do the right thing because they're paying big bucks and top ten Lobby groups in D.C. are health care related. Follow the money. I can't say it strongly enough. That's the problem. Now, as an individual, you can try to play roulette or you can opt out of that and go to a direct primary care practice, buy an indemnity policy like Aflac. You can join a, a medical cost sharing like Liberty Health Share, Samaritan, Medi, MediShare. You can go do your own thing, save your own money, and do things like MediBid where you bid for medical services. That's how you break this system. It's not going to be... I can't say it. I mean, I'm not going to talk about Congress anymore because they're useless, except to say, if you wait for them to fix this, it's going to get worse. The way you fix it is to withdraw your consent. Stop voting for these people who suck. Take your money from these insurance companies and buy a different type of plan or policy. And be responsible for what you put in your mouth. Half of the illnesses are nutritionally based, Dave. It's what we're eating. It's what we're drinking. It's what we're breathing in. And smoking and bad lifestyle choices. It's a lot of things. But, you know, if you had to do one thing, clean up your diet. Don't get sick. That's the other way that you win. Don't get sick so you don't have to, to access this crappy system. If we were, a, a third of us would change our habits and would Stop taking all this medication. I think that 4 billion prescriptions are written now per year. That's outrageous. It's like 13 per patient or per individual in our country. We need to stop feeding this beast. And that's the only way we're going to get them to come around and start doing our thing. They work for us, right? They can't exist unless we have doctors and patients in this system. We are feeding this system. And we're doing it blindly. We're doing it... We're just... Acquiescing. We're just giving in. We can't do that. This is our last chance, really, to do something to help ourselves before a grid gets put into place where, as a physician, I know it's coming. If they do single payer, then they will conscript every physician in this country to join this system if we want to have a license. I know it's coming. That's exactly what they're trying to do. You get one piece of this puzzle in place and the other one locks in and I won't be a doctor in this system and anybody who's, who's good, who cares about their patient, who won't want to harm their patient, will not be a physician or they'll leave. That's where we're going to end up. We don't want that. And all the rhetoric about we want people to die and we hate poor people, let it go because it's not true because this system hates poor people. This system hates people who don't have money, who are sick, you're going in a hospice, they're going to control you from cradle to grave. And unfortunately, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to be on medication from cradle to grave for something or a vaccine for something. That's what they really want. It's a a medical gulag. That's what they're trying to get into place. Be smart. Take your power back. Do your research. I can't emphasize it enough.
0: You know, and it works. And a good example of that is the Oklahoma City uh, Surgical Center.
2: That's right. And it's not the only one. There are other surgery centers now that are doing the same thing like a template. It's all. Go to my website, DrElaineAndGeorge.com. Look at the links. Start your, your process of learning about the system. Email me. I have no problem with that. Let's get together and fix this because we can do this. We don't have to wait for Congress who don't even get it. They don't understand it and they don't want to understand it. They've been up there enough. To try to explain this, <laughs> that if they don't get it by now, after four or five trips from doctors who know, they're not going to.
0: They, they don't, don't have to, do to care. They they got their own cush position and uh, for life, yeah. and they don't they don't need the system. They don't have to work in the system.
2: No, and they don't partake of the system. They're not under Obamacare rules. No. They're not under any rules. It's like a fiefdom up there. They can do whatever the hell they want to do because they write the laws. It's really sick. But we need to get rid of the people who, I mean, these people, we got to pry them out with a crowbar. They've been in there for years doing nothing. You come in destitute. You come out a millionaire. There's something wrong with that system that's supposed to be serving the people, don't you think?
0: Absolutely. We're going to have to wind it up. We're running out of time. But uh, a good example of this is... Um, People should be watching Karen Handel and see what the the non-entity winds up with when she comes out of office.
2: Let's hope she goes in there and does what she said she was going to do, which is to fight for the people, I hope.
0: Dr. George, we'll see you next week.
2: Uh, Thank you for listening to Medicine on Call.
0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.